Hungry Baby, episode 41 of the Rags and Dishes podcast. We're very excited today. I'm here with Dan Cotter, per usual, and we're here with a very special guest, Mr. James Mark. How are you, James? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. So for the people listening that don't know, James did not work at... Yeah, um, Like a lot of our guests. He is another premier Providence chef, and we're very excited to have you on. Think you could give us like just like a brief synopsis of what you do for the people that don't know? Yeah, um, I own uh, two restaurants in Providence. Uh, one is called North. The other one is called Big King. Um, I just own North now. I, I don't cook there uh, that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just one day a year on Thanksgiving. Nice. Um, um, and then, uh, but I have a staff there that's amazing. And um, one the chef, yeah, I mean, the, the chef there, Andrew, he's been there. He's been with me for almost nine years now. Uh, he started as an intern. Um, how uh, how oh, how long has North been around? We're in our tenth year. Tenth year. Yeah, this is year ten. So Man, place is great. Decade. I haven't been to Big King yet, but North is definitely one of the best spots in Providence. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, and I cook at Big King every week or every every service. Uh, I, I we are only open four days a week there, but I uh, I work every service there. Nice. So you just mentioned Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> I heard just from around the block that you guys had a pretty busy Thanksgiving. Is that true? Yeah, I know. Like Thanksgiving's fucking nuts. Um, f- for me, I mean, like we did like 120 people this year. Damn, uh, it's all for takeout. Yeah, um, we used to do it in person, and we'd do like one turn, just like 50, 60 people, something like that. But last year we did it for takeout, and it was really popular. And we did it again this year. We, we turned it off at 120 because it's we do 12 we do 12 dishes so yeah 12 dishes it's, it's for, a lot of for 120 food. people yeah and it's it's, a, it's so much work and it's like it's rough yeah like it, it gets like disheartening like when because we're also preparing it out of big king um we serve it out of north but like they have service going on so we, we prepare it out of big king which is you know a uh, hundred square foot you know uh, yeah, kitchen. that's in the old North, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, so. I remember I went to North back at that old place, and I love the space. Like, I'm glad that Big King is there. I'm like, I got to go back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we, we we rebuilt Big King, or when we opened Big King, you know, the six months prior, we, like, rebuilt it. We gutted the space for the most part and rebuilt it, um, which is something, like, I've wanted to do since I opened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, yeah, it, it's it's a tiny kitchen. You know, it's a hundred. It's quite cozy, probably. Back yeah, there. I mean, the restaurant's only seventeen seats right now. Like, we could do up to twenty-one if we needed to, but we we try to keep it a little more spaced out. So it's only seventeen seats. It's you know, hundred square foot kitchen. It's like a six hundred square foot dining room. And so it was. North was originally there when yeah. North moved downtown. Did you keep that building, and then you yeah. just had that idea, or was it open for a while and you came back to it? No, we're we're. We rent, first of all. Yeah. We, we okay. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We don't own anything. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know shit. But um, uh, so basically, what happened is, you know, North got really, really busy, like year three through five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, to the point, you know, we had thirty seats when North was there. Yeah. And we would go on a like two hour wait for yeah uh, on a Wednesday. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the place was was popular. It was it was yeah. pretty hot. I mean, we would we would do five turns every night. Yeah. So you know, 150 people every single night, and you know, out of a space that size, like you could do that for like a year or two. But like when we got into year three of it, it was like our fifth year of being open and beginning of our fifth year. And it's like, you could tell that the space like just couldn't handle it anymore. Like yeah. stuff started breaking down. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like just overload and, and you're just like sticking people in weird corners and shit to like prep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's, it's too much. And we also like, was kind of like fucking us on like, um, like our beverage versus food split. Cause like you go on mm-hmm. a tour wait and that sounds great. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, you guys are fucking busy as shit. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, but like people are like putting their names down on a wait list and they know they have two hours. So they go to the bar and they drink for two hours at the bar. Yeah. And then yeah, they yeah, come yeah. back to our restaurant and they have maybe one cocktail and then like, and then they just eat a shitload of food, which is great. But you know, you need we, balance. We, well, you make, you run a 30% food cost and you run a 20% beverage cost. And so guess what? You make a lot more money on yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the booze. And so um, we wanted to move to a bigger space. Um, and we found out that the Dean hotel, um, the restaurant that was in there, like a German beer hall was like, they're looking to get out. Yeah. Faust Faust. Yeah. And so we were pushed by the hotel about it. Um, we were talking to them about like a different space in the city and uh, actually where um, uh, Fortnite is now. Uh, um, originally, um, but that didn't really, it was going to be kind of expensive. And then they like approached us about the, the, the space in the hotel. And so we weren't sure what was going to happen with that deal. Mm-hmm. And it was like coming up on the end of our lease. So we resigned our lease at, in Luongo square, uh, the original space, because yeah. we were like, well, like if this doesn't work out, like, yeah, we don't want better to safe f- than sorry. We don't want to be fucked. And so we, we, we had both spaces. We eventually closed big uh, three Luonga Square. We actually moved the restaurant in two days. Damn, that's insane. Yeah. It <laughs> seemed it seemed quick. I remember hearing that North was no longer open in Luongo Square, and I was like, "Oh, I'm bummed. Like they're moving to Faust. I'm gonna have to wait like so long before I can go to North again." And then you guys were open up like pretty quick, right? Yeah, it was literally two days. Like we we um like me and Andrew, who's the chef of North now. We did a lot of work in prep for that, like on our days off and at night and all yeah, that kind of thing. Planning it out. Well, just like we had the space, we yeah. were like cleaning and deep cleaning equipment and like getting some. Con- we did some construction down there and things like that too. Put in like the like the sushi bar or whatever. Yeah, it was in yeah. There. The, the, we call it the counter. Yeah. Um, you know, basically, like the the kitchen at Faust was so small. Yeah, because they were just making like brats on like rolls, right? Yeah, I mean, well, they were doing German food, and like the the, the menu is very simple. Um, I mean, it was it's fine. It wasn't my favorite restaurant in the city, but it wasn't my least favorite. By yeah, I, I had food there once. It was good. Uh, yeah, it was, it's, it was a solid spot. Um, but they had a tiny kitchen, tiny tiny kitchen. Yeah, like it was like smaller than this room. Wow. Um, and we were like, okay, well, that's wild. If we take this over, like we cannot. Yeah, we gotta build out. Yeah, we gotta have a bigger kitchen. And like, I also was like, I don't need a hundred seat space. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I need like a sixty. We'll, we'll double. We'll go from thirty yeah, to sixty right? seats yeah. and be. It's happy. still a big upgrade. Yeah, it's massive for us. So we like expanded this kitchen. We tripled the size of the kitchen of what Faust was, and up being maybe like double the size of what we have at uh, at, at three at Big King at Three Luongo. Yeah, um, and then we like got a walk in for the first time, like. That's wow. the thing. Like North had no walk-in. North had that's like, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like we had two. Like we had a three-door fridge 
that I moved in that I had actually sawzall out of the space when it broke. Damn. <laughs> um, uh, along with like, you know, it, it was, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, there was a point where we were like stacking low boys on top of each other to, wow. like, to like, like finagle space. And mm-hmm. we, had, we had a guy with a tiny flashlight who he would use that to like find his and be some plus. It is a very, very silly restaurant. Like it was, you know, because what people don't realize is like I opened North in 2011, uh, 10, 10 or 11, something like that. Um, it must've been 11. Yeah. 2011. I opened North in 2011, September, 2011 with $35,000, you yeah. know, and I spent 30,000 on key money, which I paid out to Mike Sears. And then I had $5,000 in the bank. Shit. We spent like $3,000 on some new equipment and like plates and shit from like the Asian market. Yeah. And the first two weeks of that restaurant, the only thing we did was we sold country ham, which we sliced like on the bar. Oh cause yeah. I, Cause I had a ham in my house. We opened oysters cause like we worked for an oyster guy before that. Me and a couple of the guys I opened it with. Um, we, uh, and so we opened oysters and uh, we had like a lobster roll like with like curry and all we did was sell the leftover wine and beer that was in the restaurant. Wow. <laughs> so we sold bottles of wine for $8 and buckets of beer for $15 for the first two weeks. <laughs> Damn, just, just to save enough money that we could afford our first uh, wine delivery. Damn. And that's like, like skinnier teeth yeah, type really. shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got, we got incredibly lucky. We worked, we worked our asses off. Yeah. But we got really lucky too. You know? yeah. And, you know, it's that story is like the reason why I opened a restaurant in Providence in the first place. It's because like I didn't have the money to do it in New York. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the money to do it in a bigger in Boston or something. Did like you that. want to do that uh, in New York? Um, I don't know. Uh, my, my time I spent in New York was uh, I only was I only worked there for two years. Uh, my family is from the New Jersey is from New Jersey. We're from New York, New Jersey uh-huh. area. So like we spent a lot of um, my, my my grandparents had restaurants in Chinatown, Manhattan. Um, so like there was part of me and, and, and I love New York city. Like I, I genuinely do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 um, I, and I love the East village. My, my time. Oh, there. the East village is definitely like, my favorite part of Manhattan. I was just there this weekend. Oh yeah. yeah amazing. Just chilling on bleaker. There you go. <laughs> you know, like that, that neighborhood is like where I spent a really important time of my time, of my, two years of my life. Mm-hmm. We're, we're incredibly important to me so i'm sorry to interrupt you but i want to talk about these two years sure yeah of course because i think there's like a lot of hype with the david chain momofuku stuff and i want to you know kind of connect over to the knicks at some point yeah no like did those go hand in hand uh actually no because i mean i grew up in new jersey like suburban New Jersey. As a Knicks fan? As a Knicks fan. And because my, my best friend was a Knicks Good fan. Good for you. When I was like, you know, five or six years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we both loved John Starks. Like, yeah. And like that's that's what, and like he loved Ewing. I love Starks. Like, like I didn't even watch a ton of basketball growing up, but yeah. like that was like, oh, if anyone asked me like, oh, what's your favorite player? What's your favorite team? Like, yeah, of basketball. course. It's, like, like, it's like Jeter no. and the Yankees. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like no, I love, I love, John Starks. I mean, I, I, I love the, I love the Mets also. I was like, 
I love Bobby Bonilla. Congratulations! I love I love Bobby Bonilla. Like that that that, that Scherzer contract is nuts. I know. Do you it's see that? Wow. Three years, one hundred and twenty nine million. As a Yankee fan, I've been saying that I want Max for uh, like three years Bro, now. I don't even want to. Dude, that contract is like you read that headline and you have to read it twice to be like, wait, what? Three years? And he's thirty five. He's thirty five. I mean, I I don't I unfortunately don't follow baseball anymore. But yeah, it's um, tough too. Yeah, yeah it's uh, but. I mean, basketball is something I, I followed it for, you know, uh, in my, when I was a kid. And then when I started working, um, which was young, you know, I just fell off the train and like, I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a TV for like eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. And so like, and this is like before smartphones. So like, you couldn't even like get this shit, like this info. Yeah. And so like my, my Knicks fandom, like waned seriously. Um, you know, I, I missed insanity I li- I yeah missed, i was gonna like, say they were kind of peaking again yeah. almost while yeah. while your fandom was waning. i left new york city right uh, right before linsanity happened. right before it got linsane yeah and it was and then like i missed a lot of the mellow era because like i didn't have a phone i didn't have any way to, to be to honest I, the mellow era really it put me out on basketball put some respect on mellow's listen name, i though. love carmelo i didn't want carmelo i didn't i love amari stadamire didn't want amari stadamire they just did that all wrong and yeah you know hopefully Looks like they're doing it right right now. I'm pretty so. sure I already talked about this on the pod, but I went to Melo's return to the Garden when he went to Oklahoma City after he left yeah, the yeah. Knicks. And uh, he played like trash, and Michael Beasley put up like 27 on him. <laughs> and the Knicks won against Westbrook and Melo. And what, did they have Paul George too? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that was their big three. Yeah. <laughs> Beasley sounds, sounds like the last Laker game, Lakers Knicks game that happened. Oh, you yeah. know, I think they're going to win tonight too. I've been telling dude against Brooklyn. So I hate James Harden. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> no, they, 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 there's there's five Knicks out tonight. Like Rose like, is out. Rose, Taj, Mitch, all the Nerlens. Okay, they're they all, might, they're going to lose. They all, got no big <laughs> men. All yeah. their centers are out. It's insane. They are all sick. Um, Marcus Aldridge is going to go off. Non-co- I mean, it's Grimes time. That's what it is. But you know, yo, that's deep cut <laughs> roster go. shit. Right Let's there. go. Come on. Um, so, who are your bomb. guys on the Knicks right now? I want to like who who are your okay. players that you're like? I want this guy to be part of the Knicks future. Uh, I mean, my my head says IQ, but my heart. Yo, yeah, we no, got no. My head says IQ, but my heart is Obi. Oh, oh, really? Obi, Obi? Obi, fucking topping, dude! Oh my god, he looks bro. real good in New York. OG, oh my god, like yeah, exactly. He's hometown. <laughs> didn't he, didn't you see Obi play? Yeah, I went to a URI against where did he go? Dayton or yeah. something like that. I went to URI versus Dayton in Kingston, and Obi like dominated. And like when he was going in for dunks and cocking it back, he looked like LeBron. He's got like, like a claw on. He him. looked like a light skinned LeBron, just like flying through the air with the arm cocked. Well, that well, he, his his dunk. He did that same fucking dunk against the the Hawks this weekend. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was like from Grimes. Grimes Who's a monster? Grimes, Grimes, Grimes Obi. Fucking. I, I, I mean, at one point for like five minutes on the floor, we had like all draft picks yeah yeah, yeah. And it's like oh my god I've, what you, I've never seen that from the next it's before. what you want to see is them like actually putting the guys out there and like giving them work exactly well, well so like the madison square garden group right now has the rangers and the knicks and they both have four giant like star prospects or looking to be star prospects mm-hmm. so like they always ask me as a ranger fan like Kako fox lafreniere hedel if you had to trade one rj mitch iq or obi 
Who are you getting rid of? Mitch. Just yeah. odd man. I think it's no, 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 I, I love Mitch. See, I, 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 you know, you know, Mitch is, first of all, Mitch is, uh, his video show that he did, uh, the Mitchell Robinson show yep. that was, is amazing. It's, I haven't it's, seen it. It's, it's so good. Um, but he's, he, I mean, that many injuries, injuries on a big man yeah, makes yeah, me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. It true. makes it makes me nervous. What do you think about the prospects of the Knicks getting Zion? They're saying that he's already done in New Orleans. No, come. I mean, you know, I think so. No, there there is they're already whispering about it. There's absolutely no way that Zion, with his in- injuries, doesn't sign that max. He's yeah, not, he's not going to sign that the, that that rookie max deal. But then they're like, he's just going to force a trade. Like, well, some... I mean, not, I mean, you can't predict that though. You know, you can't. Yeah, predict they're that. just trying to get content yeah. on their on their podcast. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like, like, I mean, like I would love to have Zion on the Knicks. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I would, dude. Him and RJ reunited. Go off. Yeah. Yeah. Go off. I mean, RJ needs to get out of his slump. I mean, uh, he's young. He'll, he'll get out. Twenty one. Twenty one. I like him, dude. I think he's a good player. I love RJ Barrett. Don't get me wrong. I love RJ Barrett. He's been tra- playing like fucking ass the last like five games, like really yeah. bad. Um, but hopefully his shot starts falling and you know, he, he's young. He's probably getting too fucking twisted up in New York city in a couple nights a week. Yeah, dude. And Honestly, I, I like the way he talks. Like yeah. I like, I, I always you call. know, that's doesn't say everything about a player, but like, I think he's smart and I think he'll figure it out yeah. along the way. I think that there's like some off court shit happening for the Knicks right now. Like that's like affecting their game. Like you look at Randall and he's like struggling this year. I love Randall. You know, yeah. he's the reason why like we're back in this shit. Yeah. And it's, you know, like he's struggling this year and it's like, you know, that, that, that guy has a brand new baby in his fucking house right now. Yeah. That motherfucker's keeping like that Randall up in the middle of the night. I know it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, and, and, shit. and also it's like, you know, Randall's 27. He's like, he's not late bloomer. Yeah. He's not, he's not crazy old. He's not crazy. Young, but it's like, but this is the, the beginning of the tail end of the prime. We'll see. We'll see. He's got like we'll three see. more years of a quote unquote prime. Yeah. But I mean, I, I also think that it's easy to see Randall as like a second man on the team. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's, it's we're like just looking to see who's going to be the one. Out of I mean, we were thinking before this season that it's like Kemba could be, I mean, Kemba works out, then they're a playoff team. Like, well, I mean, it's no, been Kemba, rough well, for Kemba. Kemba's Kemba. gone. Yeah, Kemba, well, he's out of the rotation. Kemba's gone. Yeah, yeah, he's out of the rotation, so he's but, not playing. I mean, he's still on the team, but like that's that, that's a low risk contract though. They they picked him up for eight million dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's but it was fair. like everybody was rooting for that to work out because well, he's like you know, a New York well, guy. On. Yeah, come on. Of course you want that. And you want to see him. He's win. the nicest guy in the fucking league. Yeah. Like you, you want to see him do well, but like. You know he's he's small and like he his knees aren't where they are and if you don't have that ex- like you look and they at, have a lot of good point guards right now. You look at him and you look at D Rose and they're like they're two players that are in the same space like as far as like point in their career. Yeah, and like D Rose still turns it on. Like, yeah, because D Rose was like a freak to begin with, yeah. and so even if he's like sixty five percent of a freak, it's more than most people when and, they and, deteriorate. Yeah. And, and he's smart enough. That he doesn't, he knows he can like he knows there's moments where he can bring it to hundred. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah, and he yeah, plays. He's he, like, if I see a clear landing space, yeah. I can dunk still. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like he he runs it. He 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 runs normally at fifty percent, and like for eighty percent of the game, and then that twenty percent of the game, like when it matters, like he knows he, he can, can get a bu- he can get a bucket. Yeah, you know, dude, he turns, he, he turns on the Jets, and it's like, oh my god, this guy is so. Everybody good. loves that guy. Everybody roots for that guy. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very high on this. I'm very high on the young guys. Like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, well, it's more, I, fu- it's well, more dude, fun. Dude, it's all about yeah. Kevin Knox, bro. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't want to go there right now. Yeah. Look, Boxface is, he, he, he got done dirty by, you know, uh, being on the team when he was, and it stunted his yeah. development. And yeah. it's like, hey, I don't blame that kid, but like, yeah. you know, he's, he's not good enough. You know, he needs to play in the G League or something. Like yeah. That. People put too much hype into him, too. I mean, people are like, oh, he's got shades of Kevin Durant. And it's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> Don't put that much pressure on that kid. Yeah. All right. Um, Sorry. That's on, enough Nick talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we, can, so, come, we yeah. can come back to it, but let's take a break for our listeners that uh, don't watch basketball. So, <laughs> so David Chang. Yeah. All speaking right. of New York nightlife, uh, distracting these players. Yeah. So, oh, well, I mean, I was uh, finishing school up here. I went to Johnson and Wales. Um, their four-year program and shout out Jay Wu. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's expensive. It's an expensive school. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can afford it, then fucking do it. If you can't afford it, then don't fucking do it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's my advice to the kids out there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, JT's advice was pay attention. Mine's yeah. only do it. If you can afford to do it, you know? <laughs> you know? listen uh, up. Kids. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was in my fourth year of school and, uh, I had, um, I basically saw an ad on Craigslist for uh, a Mofuku restaurant. I was like, oh, I, I, and this is, you know, early, or like this is, I didn't have a smartphone at this time. Like everyone was still using Blackberries. It was mm-hmm. like, it was like pre any okay. of this stuff. I was, I was using a flip phone. Um, so like Craigslist was like relatively new as a concept. Damn and, early uh, Craigslist. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just applied for a job there and like, they, was this for the OG restaurant? This was for uh, Co. And okay. so Co was their third restaurant. Mm-hmm. It, this was their smallest restaurant that they've it built. Um, it was in the OG space mm-hmm. at 163, um, first Ave. And, uh, you know, so for people that aren't familiar, like Co was supposed to be, or it was their, like, their uh, uh, flagship in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, yeah. um, or at least like their fine dining flagship. Mm-hmm. So it was 12 seats, um, two turns a night. Um, the original concept with it was it, sorry, the original concept for it was that there was like no servers. It was just cooks. Wow. Um, and cause it was 12 counter seats. And so it was kind of going for, uh, omakase at a sushi bar kind of thing where like the guy just like serves you the food right Right yeah, in front of you. That's cook, sick. Cooks it from front of you, serves it from you. Now that changed in the you know first couple of days of being there. Um, I, I I went down there. I staged. The restaurant wasn't open yet, mm-hmm. so I staged at Noodle Bar. And you know I'd been cooking at that point for five or six years. I thought it was hot shit. And, yeah. Uh, and for outside of New York City, I was hot shit. Um, but you know I can bang. You know like turn and burn. Like I I, I took my first job when I was fifteen. Professional cooking. Uh, mm-hmm at uh, McCormick and Schmick fresh seafood restaurant. Um, I opened the one up here in Providence. Uh, the first year it opened, I worked at the one uh, in New Jersey where I grew up. And so like, you know, that was a restaurant where we did 600 covers a night. Damn. Um, like easy uh, on a, like a five, six man line. And yeah. So Damn, it's like, crazy. yeah. It was like the kind of restaurant where like you, you like look up at the end of the night and like you're working a grill station and like you're ankle deep in fucking uh, like, uh, individually backpacked fucking steak bags. That yeah. You're just tearing <laughs> just them open. Throw them, tearing them the, open all the, night. Fucking the trash drop. bin is overflowing with them yeah, and there's I just mean, like a ring around the trash. Yeah, it's it, it's like the kind of restaurant where like you you pre-fired everything because you knew you were going to sell it. 
So it was like, oh, was a, damn. So it was like, and you're saying that was your you're just first dropping steaks as soon as this so room you were like up. fed right to the wolves right from the start. Yeah. So I mean, I started as a dishwasher. Um, I made six twenty five an hour. Uh, nice. I uh, worked as a dishwasher for like two days, and then like the guys that worked down there were like, oh, you like can read and speak English, like. Let's go. Great. You're a prep cook now. And so I was a prep cook for about a year and I started working on the line down there. And I was, you know, I was 16 years old when I started working the hotline and with like, that's legit with like 24, 25, 26, 28 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was such a little fucking shit. Like, because I would get like, you know, all that shit, like machismo shit feeds and, and like you're 16 years old. You were like, like and you're, and you're, I got to stick out. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're yeah, just yeah. eating it right up. You're like, yeah, I fucking love this shit. <laughs> oh, when they were being douchey, you were yeah. just like, yeah, that's the way to be. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, I know what you're saying. Dude, we know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. And like, I'm I'm 16 years old. Guilty as charged. Fucking, sure. fucking screaming at servers. Because, because and it's like, and I think about it now. It's like, imagine being like a tw- in your mid twenties, and there's a fucking sixteen year old kid screaming at you because like you're you, the customer told you that they there was no shrimp in your fucking seafood crepes, and he's yelling at you because he, he's saying that he did. And I was like, I think about that now. I'm like, oh my god, I would, what a little fucking piece of shit. Dude. I would I, I would have clocked the fuck out of oh, me back man. then. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, and like that from that from that particular. Uh, uh, incident like the chef of the restaurant had to like pull me upstairs into the office he's like you gotta calm down a little bit you know? <laughs> yeah chill out bro <laughs> yeah chef yeah chef, yeah, chef. and it's like you know you, you and like that was my indoctrination into like the lifestyle and you know yep. i came up that's what i grew up in like I, I was working in high school my last few years of high school i was working 40 hours a week in a restaurant that was like busy as fuck wow and it's like so i i opened my restaurant early but like i opened it when i was 26 but you know i was that was 10 years into my career at that point. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was, Ready. I had something to say at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I went to school for, I came up here for Jay Wu. Um, you know, I, uh, I actually did two years or I did a year up here and then I moved to North Carolina to the campus down there did a year down at that campus and then came back up here for my last two. And I worked at McCormick and Schmick th- that entire time. So was, um, and at the end of it, uh, I worked at a bakery up here doing overnight breads in a wood fired oven before like anyone was doing that shit. That's nice. Uh, it closed <laughs> during my time there, <laughs> but yeah, well, that's, that's how it goes. Um, and then I, you know, I, I made this, I applied to this job in New York and you know, I, they didn't take a look at my resume cause they didn't give a fuck. And like, wow. they actually, I, I gave them the business card and they like laughed at me wow. <laughs> cause they were like, you, what the fuck are these bro? <laughs> I'm like, cause like, you know, down there, like it's, it's a little different. Like, at least, you know, you know, this is 15 years ago. It's like back then, like there wasn't such a boom in smaller cities for yeah. like for food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, so like if you hadn't worked in New York, they didn't yeah, then you about, couldn't work in New York. Well, they just didn't give a fuck about your resume at all. Yeah. Like yeah. if they didn't know what restaurant you were working at, then like, they're like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. Which I feel like that's like relatable now too. Like if you, like if I was to move to Philadelphia and like apply at a random place, and they look at my resume, they probably might know like one or two of those restaurants. I mean, they know, like, they, they know, uh, I don't know if I can say the bolt, like, you know, I mean, they would know bolt that, that has a good reputation throughout the country at this point. Yeah. Yeah. They might, bolt doesn't have a reputation for food yet, yet, but you know, they have a, working on it, working on it. Right? <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but you know, they are a well-regarded, uh, coffee company. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're huge. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's easily, 
top five in New England. So it's like that, that says something. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I went down there, I staged, I like did like, I worked at noodle bar for a night and noodle bar was a very fast paced restaurant. Yeah, I bet. And so, you know, they did a couple hundred covers a night and I fit right in. Like, yeah. And they were like, Oh, this kid can do it. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I crushed my stage. <laughs> I worked next to a guy who later became one of my best friends. Um, Sean Gray, he's, he became the chef of co later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like one of my favorite stories about him was like, I was working next to him. I was a little intimidated. He was working the flat top. I was working noodle station and you know, he was, he had a little like satois, like a little um, sauce pot guy going and he had a tiny whisk and he's like whisking something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you Love know, I, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is he making? And then like, he, he pulls out this like fancy bowl and like, you know, pours this like egg mousse, like over top of like this, like foie gras. And I'm like, what what was in the egg? Like how'd you how'd you do like make the eggs like into this like solid like beautiful mousse? Yeah, and uh, it's like oh, is there like like and I was like really nerdy at the time, so I was like oh, is there like a lecithin in it or is like yeah a stabilizer? Or yada, yeah, yada yada yada. This this that soy yeah. lecithin. Yeah, and, and like and then like he's like oh no no, it's just some some skill. Just just the elbow now, grease. I've got um I got some in my little boy if you need to borrow some. I'm like, oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> Damn. And um, wow. Yeah, he was a real dickhead, but I loved him. I, I still. Love That's him. funny. I, I still love him. Um, he ended up t- teaching me a lot at Co. So I, I, I worked at Co. for a year. I worked. I started as a cook. Uh, day three, I got demoted to dishwasher. Wow. Because Damn. Because I, I couldn't handle it. Um, it was uh, just too intense, or yeah, it's like I wasn't able to work clean enough. Like that was the biggest thing. Oh, wow. Because you know, you're just on display. I just didn't have the skill. Yeah. It was like an open kitchen. Yeah. Open kitchen. Like, and they're like right where you guys are sitting is where the guests were. So so you're just cooking literally right in front of them. And if you can't like hang and like, you can't like operate on the level that like you need to operate at. And it's only like 12 people. Only 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't do that and there's only three cooks, if you can't do that, then like there's why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you're, it doesn't matter how good of an attitude you have doesn't matter like how like uh how much you want it mm-hmm. if you don't have this if you didn't have the skill and i didn't then like you cannot hang i'm sorry yeah it's like there, there's no like we can't cover for you or some shit like yeah, that. yeah there yeah, literally yeah. is no cover there's no yeah you look you look like a dickhead and like mm-hmm. we can't have that and so i was like i i took it on the chin i, t- I became like the am guy um essentially what's called the comi um which is like a you know, you do everything, all the background work. Yeah. This is like a f- fancy French word for a prep cook. And, mm-hmm. but you know, I learned so much in that year there. Like yeah. I, I eventually like learned, like my first day or like my first day as a comi, like all I did was like make family meal. That was the only thing I did the entire fucking day over like six hours. And then, and then by the end of it, it was like, okay, I'm doing the ordering in the morning. I'm doing the ordering at night. Yeah. I'm doing, you know, all the meat butchery. I do, I prep all the sauces. Like I do all the veg prep. I break down all the fish. Like mm-hmm. I do all this stuff. You know, my day started there at 6 a.m. Um, and I was commuting in from Jersey City. So I, you know, got up at like Fuck. 4.45, you know, five o'clock, drove to the train station, took the train in, uh, got to work by like 6, 6.15, um, and then I worked until 10 o'clock at night and I did that six days a week Shit. for, you know, for probably like eight months when they were doing, uh, then when they were open to six days a week. 
to what we would call grinding. Yeah. Yeah. And then about after six to eight months, they decided to open seven days and they're like, okay, well we can't have you work seven days. So, uh, you get to have, you're only going to work five days a week now. And I was like, okay, great. And they're like, but we're not, we're not hiring anyone for the, your two days off. So you need to do triple prep on Fridays. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so it was like one of those things where it's like, Oh, all right. <laughs> so uh, Sick. yeah, great guys. Um, you're, but, you're going to work one less day, but you still have to do the same amount of work if yeah. not more. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm really grateful for that restaurant. I'm really grateful for that kitchen. Um, you know, people talk a lot of like shit on Dave now. And like, I understandably, like he wasn't a nice guy to me at the time. We've figured some shit out between ourselves over the years, yeah. especially in the last like two years. Um, and so we're in a pretty good, we're in a very good place now. That's um, good. but like there was a lot of like trauma and like bullshit like that. Um, just like all sorts of things. Um, but you know, it's, I'm grateful for my time there and like grateful for like, you know, what I learned. I learned how to hustle. I learned how to like really step up my standards, yeah. all that kind of thing. Um, and so after a year they're going, I, I worked in the basement with, uh, the pastry team mm-hmm. and, uh, after a year there, the pastry team was going to open their first bakery. It's called Momo Fuku Milk Bar. And, you know, I made a lot of bread for family meal and they're like, well, come on board with us and be our like bread baker. And like, I'd been a, uh, I'd been a baker before and I hadn't done the whole like shebang, but I'd like formed loaves and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I can figure it out. Yeah. And which is dumb. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a dumb job, dumb decision on my part. So I, uh, because like I got given the reins and I didn't know how to drive the fucking cart. Yeah. 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 Um, and so like I, uh, I was working overnights because that's why I'd worked as a baker before. And if, in my head, I was like, Oh, if, we want to be a bakery. We have to have bread like at 7 a.m. when we open. And, yeah. And the only way to do that is that I knew of at the time was to work overnight. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was working from 11 p.m. until like 4 p.m. the next day. I had uh, I had moved to New York. I'd so moved, weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Overnights are weird. Um, I didn't work with anyone else. It was like – it was. I, I'm grateful because it, you get to see a side of New York City they don't see otherwise. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's like crazy. Like the Wednesday 4 a.m. in New York City is like incredibly empty. Very <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's, gonna like, be sweet. It's like, like nights when, especially like in Manhattan, if you're there from like the hours of 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. walking, yeah. or maybe 6 a.m. walking around, it's like oddly like you feel like you're in an I Am Legend yeah, kind of. Totally you know, <laughs> like 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 one taxi drives by like every half hour. Yeah, you know, like, it's like so wild weird. shit like that. And then in two hours, it just exactly. fucking engulfs. Exactly, yeah, it's nuts. Um, I had moved to Bushwick at that point. Um, I got I had gotten kicked out of my grandmother's house because I was working too much, and she thought I was like drinking, but I wasn't. I just <laughs> I had I had a handle of whiskey in my room, and she like found it and like freaked out about it, and. But I had never drank anything out of it. I just bought it on a whim one day because yeah. I was like, "Yeah, no, I'll like at I some need, point. Yeah, I'll drink. I'll like relax. I'll and drink." I, That's and, what I'll, and then do. and then and I drank plenty before that. But like I was just working so much that I'd, I got home and I passed out. And so like there was a six pack and a, a beer and a, a handle of whiskey like on the floor of my room at my grandmother's house for like you know three weeks. And she found it one day and she freaked out at me. And, you drunk? Yeah, yeah. And like so, like I got kicked out of the house and. I was actually living in my car for a while working there. Damn. Um, and one of uh, the cooks found out about it. Really? There. And they were like upset that I was like living like that. And so like one of them 
took me to his house and like he was like, I'll sleep on the couch, you sleep in my bed. And wow, I, I slept that's on, legit. I slept on I slept, Mitch Bates. He's the chef of um, uh, Ochiseki in Toronto. He just opened a ramen shop up there. And well, shout out to him, dude. Yeah. That's sick. Shout out Toronto. Yeah, like he, um, but not Drake. The yeah. six. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, he, he put me up in his house, and I lived there for like at least four months while I was like trying to find my own place. That's cool. I, it was amazing. I, I got, and so I'm, I'm incredible. Like that's like the side of New York. That's the side of cooking. That's like the side of like camaraderie that happens in kitchens sometimes. That, yeah, like, you know, that's like the dream you get sold on, and sometimes it comes true in some degrees. You, like they gloss over like the fucking hard shit. Like, yeah, they gloss over like like the pain and the trauma and all that our, our stuff, but like, you know, there are good parts to it too. You know? Yeah, like there, there's like like real friendship, like real like really trying to take care of each other, like great community. Yeah, um, caring. It can be, can be. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you find yourself in the right situation, and you can be really lucky. Um, but I was uh I was working at Milk Bar, and you know those hours fucking killed me, man. Yeah, like, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah. That's like what, 17 hour days or something? Some days it was, you know, and I was doing that five, six days a week. I was getting paid salary. So it was like, you know, I was making okay money, but like not crazy money. Um, And, you know, I was just like treading, I didn't even even really care about money at that point. And like I was treading water. I wasn't like losing money or anything. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, like wasn't like having any savings. I lived in a fucking shittiest apartment in Bushwick. Like, and like, and, the, and that's pre Bushwick. Yeah. That's like right. early 2000s. Bushwick, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's was, not, it's not like today Bushwick. Yeah. yeah right? And it, it was like, I was off the Halsey stop off the L. So I was, I, I was, I lived a, the next block over was Ridgewood. So I was yeah. like, you know, it was shout out Ridgewood. It, yeah. That's it, where, I, that's where I'm from. Oh really? Oh yep. shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it, so it was like in the mi- it was far out, it, it was far out. And so like it, it, it was just like a, a terrible living situation. My, like my roommate eventually decided to like move out. And I was like, all right, I guess I can't really afford oh, this on my own. Sucks. And so yeah. I was like, ah, I need a guy. I t- put in my second year. I finished my second year. And I was like, I need a guy here. And like, I was just super burnt out. So I came back up here, um, to meet up with some friends and like, I just fell in love with it up here, man. Um, yeah. In a way that like, I, like I'd spent three years here in school, but like what you experience in school, is a completely different city than what you experience yeah. as like a, a grown ass man. I've been like, told yeah. that by a lot of people. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like school is so insular. So it's like, yeah, you go to college parties and like yeah. you go to people's houses and that kind of stuff. But like, you know, I came back up here and I was like, Oh fuck. Like me and my boys like went canoeing, you know, yeah. we went fucking <laughs> like down to the beach. Like yeah. I like I'd lived up here for three years and like never been to the beach. And it's like, because all I did was like working, like go to people's house parties and shit like that. Did you go down to South County or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were, we would like, we would like go canoeing on like the wood river Yeah, or, or like we would, oh, we would kayak from like Pawtucket, from Pawtucket falls down to like the hot club. That's and it, sick. And it's like, Oh shit. Like this is dope. Yeah. And then like, it's a pretty nice town up here. And you know, I had come in New York, like one of my jobs was like, I'd go to the green market every week. I'd go to Union Square. Every, you know, twice a week, yeah. every week, that was my job. And I'd go down yeah, there been in that market. I'd have to carry like mad shit back. And, but like, I knew all the farmers because like mm-hmm. we had certain farmers we bought stuff from and they all knew me and I came up here and I was like, Oh <clears throat> fuck. Like, like you can drive like 15 minutes in the city and like be at like a real ass farm. Not like yeah. some like, yeah, urban, yeah. not like some like small, I mean, I love the small urban farms that like exist in Providence, but they, those farms don't serve aren't really meant to serve restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. They're, they're 
they're designed to serve, you know, uh, farmers markets. Yeah, right? people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's an important aspect of it. So I'm not like fucking hating on that, but like you can like drive like 15 minutes and be at Four Town Farm. Yeah, and like I was yeah, just gonna, I was just gonna say Four Town, or like 45 minutes and be at you know Wishing Stone, mm-hmm. um, or like you know 30 minutes and be at Arcadian Fields. So it's like all those like farms are real and like produce plenty of produce that like can support a restaurant. Yeah. And like that it was like, Oh shit, access to product. And then it was mm-hmm. some, next thing you know, it's like, Oh yeah, you can just like drive 45 minutes down to point Judith and like talk to the fishermen. Yeah. Getting nice seafood. And it's like, Oh fuck. Like after like being <clears throat> indoctrinated into like demanding quality. Cause that's all that like really is. That was like my primary job at like at Momofuku. Was mm-hmm. like making sure we got like quality shit in, yeah, and like yelling at drivers and like yelling at like reps on the phone about yeah. stuff and be oh like, oh my like, god, like that. That was like most of my job, um, or the most important aspects of my job. Um, and so like being able to like get access to this like really beautiful produce, really beautiful fish, I was like, all right, like this is cool. And yeah. so like I started working up here again. I worked at uh, the Red Fez, uh, RIP. Um, I did like their late night program there for the first time. Um, started that with them. Uh, we made hot dogs and like made hot dogs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like made, made them. Made yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like named them and then made a bunch of different like toppings and shit like that. And uh, mm-hmm. named them after like local chefs for late night. That's and cool. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I started working at Nixon Broadway for a few years. And I worked with Derek and like we cut, he cut his first cow with me. Like we cut some of, his first some some of the first whole fish he worked with was nice me. and like we did that together and we grew that program we yeah you know, i baked some of the first loaves of bread in that restaurant um and you know he was super supportive of me that entire time um and we like grew this really cool thing together um and at some point in that time in my time there i realized that like well one i went through a breakup but two um yeah. i realized that, oh i need to like open a restaurant yeah because like you gotta go do your own thing yeah it was, it was like i remember like it's very specific and this is not like a dig um at derek at, at, in any way but like we were working on a dish it was like a little pasta dish or something like that mm-hmm. an appetizer and it was like angel hair pasta like braised chicken and like i went to go as sc- uh, like garnish it with scallions mm-hmm. and like uh and like he like ixnade like the scallion garnish on it which is like not a big deal it doesn't seem like a big thing yeah. but in my brain and in my brain it wasn't even a big thing but in my brain it was also like oh like if i was to do this dish <laughs> i would put fucking scallions on this dish yeah it's and like a chef's pride type of thing yeah it was like oh like it was a shift in my mindset of like oh like i have stuff i want to put out in the world yeah you know mm-hmm. like i i want to like I have a perspective that I want to share. Yeah. You're like, no, fuck that. That needs scallions. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so like that, at that point I was like, okay, I need to like open a restaurant. Um, or I really want to open a restaurant. And in doing that, um, okay. I, uh, found, um, the three longer square space, which was, uh, it was owned by Mike Sears at the time. And, you know, I couldn't, I tried to like go to the banks and shit. I was like, they're like, well, like loans for loans. And they're like, oh, uh, do you have three years of like uh, experience like as a restaurant owner? And I was like, no, I'm trying to open my first restaurant. They're like, oh, no, we, we you need to have three years of experience on your <laughs> restaurant in order to like us to give you. <laughs> yeah, a it's 
It's okay. ridiculous. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> and like, whatever. It didn't, it didn't matter what my business plan was. Didn't matter. None of that shit mattered. It was like, no, oh, you don't already own something. No, oh, no, you can't. can't it's bullshit. That. Yeah. Um, Capitalism. And um, why did you pick the name North? Uh, so it's mostly just me and a just your favorite direction. No, it was just like <laughs> me and a couple of the guys. Like we were like. We lived in a house like this, you know, yeah, um, a Providence apartment. Yeah, yeah. Providence apartment. Like, you know, we would have fires in the backyard and like, you know, hang out and like drink whiskey and like listen to fucking shitty records. And we had a great time and we do that on a semi-regular basis. Uh, and we were just like sitting around one night. We like, I, they knew that I had this like idea of like opening a restaurant. We were like talking mm-hmm. about names. And at the time um, that this was like, the revival of, uh, and well, well, this, the simple answer is that we got drunk and I, we decided North sounded great, <laughs> but, 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 but the, the long answer, a lot of good ideas come that yeah, way. So the, the respectful answer is that, um, you know, at the time people don't remember this, but like there was, uh, a like kind of revival of like American Southern restaurants yep. at, at that mm-hmm. time, like sure. in, in like that 2011, 2010 area, uh, time period. Um, and we were like, and then they're opening up here too. There's uh, Hungry Mother had opened in uh, Cambridge, and there was one that was opening in Providence at the time. And like you know, we were like young salty cooks or whatever, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Why the fuck are they? What's what's with these like Southern restaurants opening up here? Like we don't even have like a North restaurant up here." And <laughs> I was like, "All right, we're just makes sense. Call, call nice. North. That's know? clever." And so it, the light bulb went off. Yeah, and it was like, "Oh, okay, we're just gonna name it North because like we're in New England, we're in the North mm-hmm. of the country, like." we want it to be a place that like represents. Were you reading game of Thrones at the time? No, this is pre game of Thrones. <laughs> oh yeah. man. I don't know if it's pre books, but uh, it definitely pre the TV show. Yeah. Um, and although no, you know what? It might've been like first season of the TV yeah, show. Yeah. Still know? not the hottest thing yeah. in the country. Yet. Um, but we had like, you know, we had thought about this and we wanted to build a restaurant that like was like cook centric. That was our biggest thing. So like mm-hmm. when North first opened, the biggest things were, it's seven days a week. It's open till midnight every night, full service. Like mm-hmm. you walk in at 1159, put in an order. We can give you, we got you. We'll make you the entire fucking menu. Cause in 2012, when we opened this place, the only places you could go for a meal after 11 o'clock. And I experienced this a bunch of times. Like get out of work at 11. And the only places you could go to were fast food mm-hmm. or only the system. Yeah. Like you can go to us or one of the other systems. And it's like you could go to a system or you could go get fast food. And that was literally it. It's pretty much the same thing too. Although yeah. those system wieners are banging. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't, I, say, I can't say I'm a fan. I've cut, I used to have to make them at a pizza place all the time. I, I've cut back. Um, but I was, uh, heavy enough regular there at one point where like I'd walk in and they'd start my order. Yeah. So like, that's what's up. <laughs> like, and that felt good. I think I went there more often to, for that feeling. Cause like, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really nice having where a place everybody here. knows yeah, your name. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it was, you could get a real meal at 1130, 1145 at night. And, you know, we've, we've pulled back from that just because like I'm old and yeah. my, my crew is older now. And like people don't like you had to work, you were working until one thirty in the morning. Yeah. 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 Uh, on a Monday night, you know, Which is working, rough. you know, uh, catches up to you. It does. And so, um, you know, we've pulled back from that, but like, that's how the restaurant started. And like, we have no PR. We've never had any PR. 
We have no like advertising budget. We've never paid for an ad. We've like everything that we've ever built with North has been word of mouth. Dude, and there was hot word of mouth. Like when I heard yeah, about you it. Guys, you went, guys are hyped on uh Reddit. <laughs> when I went to Reddit. North the first time, I remember Matt and Alex being like, yo, take a picture of the menu for me, dude. I want to see what that menu looks like. Um so I want to go off the rails here from your story a little bit and like ask a couple questions that we usually ask people on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah let's yeah, do yeah. it. Please. Um, I, I talk a lot. Sorry. No, yeah, dude. That's yeah. what we're here for. Baby. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I want to talk about like worst customers you've ever had to deal with. All right. Worst customer. Cause I, ever I heard a story. We heard, we I heard, heard a, a story. Uh, and I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I got the shit beat out of me by a customer behind yeah, my restaurant. That was, <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what we're this is the story that I was told. So St. Like, pa- Patrick's Day. Oh uh, God! Uh, maybe, Shocker. Maybe 2014. I want to say it was like year two. Yeah. It was. Uh, no, it, was, it must be. Well, it was year one or year two. It was actually uh, Sam, who is uh, was one of our sous chefs for a long time. She uh works in boston now it was her first day as an intern uh this like young girl um and you know we're having a busy night uh there's a bunch of vips in the dining room mark ladner who's like who was the chef of um del posto was there mm-hmm. a bunch of jwoo big wigs were there so ben, ben sukul was there Derek wagner was there that night they're all there for like this mm-hmm. like late night whatever thing yeah you know chefing it up right mm-hmm. um at the same time there's like two guys in our dining room, like they're just drinking and that's fine. Like, you know, that's normally what would not happen, but whatever. Like, you know, you, yeah, it's you, more of a food oriented yeah, place, yeah. but you, you, you know, want, you, you serve want, the you, booze. Yeah. You want to, you want, you want to get drinks. You can get drinks. Uh, it was like, uh, probably 1230 and like, like midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Midnight yeah, 1230. Okay. Um, and I was like scrubbing the flat top and this guy is like standing right at the door of the kitchen on the phone. And you know, uh, it's like a little tiny hallway, but it's like kind of the only like semi-private space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I remember it being like yeah, that little yeah, narrow little, doorway into the little kitchen. tiny hallway. And like, you know, he's on his cell phone, like talking to someone and he's got his fucking shirt pulled up like this and he, <laughs> and up to his chest and he's walking back and forth, pacing back and forth going, I'll go toe to toe with that guy. I'll go toe to toe with that guy. Yo, I'm like, you're like, this is not a good I, sign. I, I, and, and well, I'm just like looking next to my station partner, like next to me. And I'm like scrubbing the flat top. And I'm like, what's this guy's deal? And I'm just like, like under, I'm not facing him. I'm turned away from him. I'm just like, I'm going to go And like, and like, apparently the guy heard me. Oh shit. Because, uh, you know, I, whatever, he left the restaurant and then him and his buddy, him and his buddy left the restaurant. Uh, and I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. And then uh, I go to take the recycling out outside, uh, maybe like an hour later, mm-hmm. end in the night. Like there's still still some people drinking or whatever. It's probably like you know one thirty, um, and they're sitting on the stoop across the street, and you know like smoking or something like, like a, one of the houses. Yeah, one of the there? houses. Yeah, just like I think they're smoking or like whatever. Yeah. And uh, one of them, get, like they both get up to come over to me, and like I figure they want to talk to me about something or like be like, Hey, what the fuck was that? Or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And like, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like oh, I, geez, I, now I have to deal with this. Plus it's like hour 12 of my shift. I'm exhausted. Yeah. 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 And so the guy like walks up to me and like, yeah, I'm like, Hey, what's up guys. And then he goes, bah! This yes. wow. 
right in my fucking face. Damn, <laughs> sucker punched you. Yeah. And That's some Providence ass shit. <laughs> and so him and his buddy fucking jump me and they like, you know, they beat the shit out of me. I run back into the restaurant, uh, into the back door of the restaurant and they, they're following me <laughs> yeah. and like I'm standing in the doorway to try to close the door and you know, whatever, like I'm a big guy, but like, I'm not a, I don't fight people. It's like, yeah, who, thing. who does yeah. that? Like, yeah. like, I don't know. Like I, I don't need that shit in my life. Um, and like, I don't start shit. I don't need to finish shit because I don't start shit. Yeah. Although apparently tonight I did or that night I did. Um, and he like, was looking for something to get started. Yeah, he wanted yeah. to go toe to toe. Yeah. Well, and they were like punching me through the doorway <laughs> <laughs> and I, mean, I can laugh about it now, but, uh, you know, it, it this, uh, Andrew, you know, he gets the door closed and like bolts it closed and I'm just like streaming blood down my face. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, fuck, I just got the shit beat out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, so it was a rough night. It was Dude, a rough that, night. that definitely takes the cake as the worst customer that's ever been <laughs> talked about on the pod. Nobody's ever had a physical altercation with a, with a customer that they told. Didn't us even about. say anything either. Just, just like, came up, yeah. lit you up. Yeah. A, what a dick. Yeah. That's a, uh, but whatever. Yeah, so that, that's yeah. that's the worst customer. You know? Well, what about we got a, the next one we usually ask is always about what's the, some of the worst kitchen injuries you've ever seen besides uh, my favorite one. Oh god, Max hates this question because he gets a little queasy. Yeah, I hate it too. Um, okay, my worst kitchen injury I've seen was at Milk Bar at a bakery, mm-hmm. and so if I had to ask you, what's the scariest piece of equipment in a bakery? What's, what's your scariest? Well, I mean, the first thing that would come to mind would be a really hot oven, but like, I mean, I feel like it's going to be an off the, like a different answer, like a bread slicer or something. What about you, Max? The most dangerous piece of equipment in a bakery. Yeah. The the yeast? (laughs) Your stand mixer. Okay. Oh yeah, no, yeah. dude, this is going. I thought to it was like a trick question for a second. This is okay. going to be a gnarly one. Yeah, Max. Let's hear about it. Well, so I mean, it's not a long story, but uh, there's a girl who's an intern for us at Milk Bar. Young, must have been nineteen, maybe mm-hmm. small, maybe five four. Oh my god, you know, she she's got you know the height of the bite. stand mixer. Yeah, she, and so she actually had to stand on a fucking milk crate to like get yeah. in there because it was on a table. Yeah. And luckily this is not like the fucking like big, big one, which are especially the old ones. They didn't have like the safety cages and stuff, but like this was like a countertop one, but she got her fucking arm stuck in the, in, in, paddle well the paddle was turning <gasps> did she, did it break her arm it broke her fucking arm oh dude that's so oh, gnarly so uh, as soon as you said stand mixer i knew <laughs> oh that's what you were gonna say god it's fucking brutal so she got sucked into it yeah her, her fucking whole arm uh, got sucked into it bro shit it's, like, it's oh my god i was gnarly like it that is that poor girl that's yeah. a good one dude that's it, a fucking good it, one that's unique that's unique everybody's coming in here telling us about slicing fingers and shit deli slicers but like that's traumatizing that's a bad one. Yeah, it's like it broke her arm in like three places. And I was like, oh my, like I think about that. Like, the- Dude, that's just thinking about how gnarly the break would be. Like, you know, your yeah. arm would be like folded up. It just rips your shit up. Yeah, too. your it's shit not, would be folded it, up. It like pulls your arm out of the socket and it broke oh, her arm. And like, it broke her <laughs> forearm in two places and it broke her upper arm too. I was like, Dude, that's gnarly. Ragdolled her and, shit. That's yeah, fucked exactly. up. Exactly. I mean, I've heard of like Woo. the big ones like killing people. Like, like 
<laughs> yeah. Like literally. The ones that are in like General Mills, like factories. No, and not shit. even, not even like the ones that are in regular ass bakeries, but they're like, you know, they're, they're floor mixers. So yeah. like, you know, the bowl is like this big. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, and so like the paddle is like this big dude. And it's like, you, yeah. I don't like thinking about it. Yeah. They're brutal. Like seven stars has them. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that shit's scary. Boy. Yeah. That's gnarly. Like, Fuck. That's such a good one. Dude, yeah, no, you just great. got me all fucked up. Yo, Max <laughs> is losing it right now. Oh, that's so great. I, oh, my I mean, God. I, yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to fast forward through JT's uh, injury report. So. Yeah, that one was gross too. So my friend uh, went to Jay Wu, okay, guy I work with, and he said that he saw you come to speak at Jay Wu. Oh, okay. I'm glad you as part of some. Uh, Something, Something yeah. I forget, like some like highlight on chefs. Yeah, they or don't something. invite me to school anymore. And he said that you were the. <laughs> he said that you were the only one that kept it real. Like, yo, if you're not ready to be your own plumber, be your own accountant, be your own like therapist, then don't like get into this business. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, I mean, I look. I said earlier, I like the school. I I, I know a lot of the people that work there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were very generous to me with like my education. Like I basically got a full ride there. Uh, but if like, and you've made a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fucking, it's expensive. It's really fucking expensive. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a, it really hurts me when like a kid goes into that school, comes out with a hundred thousand dollars in fucking debt and is going into a job that up until like two years ago was $10 an hour. Yeah. You're lucky if you're seeing anywhere near 20. Yeah. 20 yeah. 20 like, like people mean, come out and they expect to be paid like yeah it's, I, it's uh, not like yeah sorry to interrupt that but this one and this took me in a direction i wanted to get to i mean my living in providence not to like credit you as the first but i feel like a lot of places well now pandemics force it to happen but like you know there are some places in providence that like care for their employees and like most kitchens don't really care for their employees because we all know how it goes. Like, how do you feel about like your, your place is just known as a place that you take care of the people that work for you. I mean, we do the best we can. Right. Yeah. Um, it's more than most. Yeah. I mean, I don't make a lot of money personally. Like I, I made for the, in 10 years, I probably average like $25,000 a year. Damn. You know, um, getting by and like, that's, and you know, my wife, I'm married. My wife pays the rent for the most part. Like she's a school teacher. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm luck. I have my personal insurance is through her, you know? Uh, yeah. you know, we take, we do our best. I do my best to make sure that people get taken care of. It, it's complicated, man. It's fucking really complicated because it's, it's like, hard out here. It is. Well, well, cause like this entire industry is built on exploitation. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it's like, like if you were if you were saying you were making money right now, it'd be because you weren't treating your people as well yeah, as you do. I mean, it's 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 like one of those things where it's like, look, I'm not trying to like open my third eye on your podcast right here, but like, bring it know, on, like, yeah, bring it and, on, let's go. You know, this industry, and I've told the story before, so, um, but whatever, this industry is based on exploitation on every single level, mm-hmm. and if like you want to make any kind of money. You need to participate in that. Yeah. And so like, that's either like you're buying like shitty produce or you're that like they use like tons of fucking pesticides mm-hmm. that they can grow as cheap as possible or you're buying shitty meat or fish. That's either like fucking dragnet and like, you know, fucks like fucks the ocean up. Fuck, yep. Fucks like 
the land up by like being like super intensive factory farming, like mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. The, people don't want to fuck up the earth. They do it because it's cheap. Yeah. It's fucking cheap. And so like you're either buying product like that, or if you're not buying product like that, you're buying from a farmer who might be organic and doing all the right things. But yeah. then how's that farmer treating his staff? Is, yeah. is that farmer treating his people well? Because that has to be built in the price too. And so let's say you buying from people that are growing shit nicely, paying their people right. Are you exploiting your own staff? Yeah. You know, are you paying There's them? There's layers to this. Yeah. Are you buy, are you paying them, you know, you know, 10 bucks, 12 bucks? Are you paying, you know, uh, a bunch of dudes that are here uh, without green cards, like cash, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 12 bucks an hour of cash under the table? Um, you know, no, no shade to those, like no shade to those guys. They're hustling. They're trying to, yeah, they're, they're trying, trying to, get, to get, by, by, get by, but other you know, people are but, trying to take advantage of that. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to pay those guys, pay them the same fucking rate you're going to pay in everybody else. That's, yeah. that's my opinion. But, yeah. um, and then like, if you're, let's say you're doing all that shit, right. Right. You have two choices. You can either not make any money yourself mm-hmm. or you can make your restaurant so expensive not so expensive, but put major financial barriers up at your own restaurant Yeah, that like 80% of the population can't access it. Yeah. And like that might still be successful, but you're not a restaurant for the regular person. You're a yeah, restaurant for fucking rich people. It's a there. tough line to walk. And it's like, that's, that's the real fucking, like that's the mind fuck because it's not even like you're trying to keep prices cheap. And it's like, it's easy to be like, Oh no, people just need to pay fucking more money for for food. Yeah. And it's like, bro, like people are out here like not having enough money for their fucking life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the problem is for real if we're like really getting into it is that like the middle class has been gutted. Yeah. By fucking We Shut. we want to get into it. <laughs> Let's go. Like yeah, the middle class has been gutted by major corporations ship shipping every single union manufacturing job over fucking seas. Mm-hmm. And so like all our shit's getting made in China and so, and it's getting made in China, not because it's easier because cheaper, because cheaper. Yeah. And it's like, of how and, they're treating their people and, and it's lining the pockets of investors. It's lining the pockets of the super fucking rich mm-hmm. and the middle class gets gutted and small businesses like ours are forced to make difficult decisions because people can't afford to go out to eat if they can't afford to go out to eat, then you have to make your fucking prices cheaper in order to get them in. Yeah. When will the rich be on the menu at Big King? <laughs> when, when can we start eating I mean, Big King, Big King, the rich? Big King is not a cheap restaurant either. Yeah. You know, it's you know, it's sixty dollars minimum. You know, I mean, you can you can share the menu between two people, but like you know, like that's the minimum price that we can fucking run it at, and like have my staff get paid eighteen dollars an hour plus their tips. Like yeah. that, that that's the minimum that I can run it at. You know, and like that's, you know, it, for what you're getting, like, you know, we have people with all the time that say like, this would be triple the price in New York City. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so like, I, I know that, that that menu is like, it's not cheap, but it's not fucking crazy expensive either. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think about this shit a lot. <laughs> I don't even smoke. I think about this shit a lot. That, that, that's how you know my brain's so fucked. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like uh, you get into it, inflation and all of that, yeah. and it all factors in, and it's, it's it's fucking hard, man. It's really hard. It's hard out here, people. Yeah, and so you know, you you, you 
I don't blame small business owners when I blame them when they exploit their workers. Cause that's fucking shit. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. But like, I understand when like a small business owner like buys his meat at the restaurant depot. I get yeah. it. I, yeah. got, mm-hmm. I fucking understand because like you're trying to make a buck. Yeah. And it's like, you're trying to like, you know, not everyone's in the position I'm in where like I can keep my prices low as low. I'm doing pretty air, low for air quotes for, and low. Yeah. For the quality but, of the yeah, food. Yeah. I, and still like buy the nicest shit we can, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not, some, yeah, not some. everyone can afford to like work 120 hours. I don't work 120 anymore, but like work 80 hours a week yeah. and get paid $25,000 a year. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm lucky, lucky, I guess in that sense yeah. that I'm able to even do that. But like at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I got, I'm getting kind of tired of it. <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm like tired of like, making the compromise that like, you know, my, and my family's getting tired of it. You know, I have a four year old, like, yeah, and we like, I got people to take care of and stuff yeah. like that. So it, it's hard, man. It's hard. There's no like good answer to it besides like raise minimum wage for every fucking buddy. And, yeah. like, and like combine that with like some kind of Medicare for all or like nationalized health insurance of some form. Uh, and like, Subsidization of rent in some ways. Let's so go. We're, we're, we're <laughs> You're preaching the choir Listen, so hard yeah, right now. I, this is great. Love it. I mean, I was I was, I literally took a meeting with uh, Matt Brown, who's like the progressive candidate for governor today. Mm-hmm. I was like, you, you, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, you got to do all this. Sh- like, you yeah. got to push for all this shit. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like, and you know, there's a bunch of like messaging. I don't, know. I don't like politics that much. So I was like, I was like, ah, I don't know if I like, he's a nice guy. Um, and, and, speaking of politics, one thing I remember, uh, last year in all the chaos that was last year is them throwing someone like threw a brick through your window or some shit. Someone took a fucking ax. An ax. Yo, what? To my front window at Big King. So at Big King, there's like a giant ass window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys had, you know. Signs. All the signs up, yeah. you know, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, all the, all the, all fuck the, white supremacy, yeah, all that, all the good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, someone saw it happen. Like, this was broad daylight. Like, what? 11 a.m. Someone was sitting in the little park a- across the street, watched a dude pull up on his little huffy, uh, <laughs> took, a, took, took a hatchet out of his backpack. And fucking smashed the window and said, I'm tired of all these fucking riots and shit. Smash my window. While rioting. <laughs> what a fucking unselfaware piece of shit. Yeah. So what's funny about that, I found out some news today about that, actually. Um, I don't know if I'll it's news. It. I'm drawing some connections, all right? I'm, I got, I'm, I'm that guy on with the, the 17 wires fucking, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. You're <laughs> Tom Cruise in the Minority Report. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, <laughs> so today... You guys heard about that that guy that was in a standoff on. I was going to bring this the, up the, too to the, you. The barber, right? He, yeah, he, yeah, he owns yeah. a barber shop. He was at the January sixth. He just got arrested. He for just it. he just got arrested for it. Yo, I yeah, know, the from Rhode Island, Island first guy but, Rhode but you know what he got arrested? What, what he had in his bag when he got arrested? A hatchet. Yep. Yo. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Did this podcast just become serial? Dude, <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> So I mean I don't know like I don't know how many fucking right wing dudes are rolling around just in with the, hatchets in, in Federal Hill with hatchets in their backpack, but you know I don't Damn. know. Damn, you know, I'm just big Gary Paulson fans. There was saying. at least one. There's one. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I don't know if like like uh, Proud Boys love hatchets or something like that. They love you know, Gary Paulson, yeah. dude. <laughs> but you know, uh, I don't know. So that's that 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 was my my tiny snippet of news for today. I was like, Damn, hmm. that was a juicy one. Makes you fucking think. 
That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that <is nuts. laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know. Do we do we want to talk about anything else? Well, I think we need to hear from our favorite social media superstar. Oh, yes, of course. So, James, I don't know how many episodes you've listened to it, but we used to work with a... <laughs> he hesitated to say it. He's a juggalo. <laughs> He's a juggalo. Good for him. I wouldn't call Family. him a... Family. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's got like eight Facebooks. Okay. Dude, it's weird. I got, yeah, he, I'm friends with him no, five good. times over on Facebook. Good for him. And he keeps so on forgetting his passwords or we, something. Yeah, we no, do this good. segment here where we just like read a status of his and just like analyze it. Okay. He's got some sick quotes. <laughs> Let's see this status. I got some fucking bad ones. All right. How about this? I like my women the way I like my toaster turned on and in the bathtub with me. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yo, that's JR. Dark. That's fucking dark, actually. Yeah, very that's dark. fucking dark, man. JR, yo, that's the best one yet, man. That was sick. That was fucking funny. Oh, God. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you another one. Uh, so it's a picture of a guy pouring alcohol into a glass going, and it says, so basically when porn stars take off their clothes, they're getting dressed for work. Wow, that was more philosophical. Yeah, Jack Handy on here, man. Fuck. Damn. That's deep. Deep thoughts. Right. Deep thoughts. Yeah, deep quick deep. shout out to JR. Thank you, JR. Woo woo. woo. Yeah, woo, yeah, woo. woo. Family. I'll see you at the gathering. Yes. I'm not actually a juggalo, but you know what? They're not bad people. You know, they're, they're, Yo, dude, it's like. Know, of all the things to be, of all the stands to be, there's there's yeah, worse. They're yeah, genuine. They're, That's what I think. They're genuine. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, to wear to wear that shit on your face and wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah, and, and, they are well, dedicated. Hey, I love anyone who's comfortable be, being in like in the skin that they're in. You know, it's like yeah. if you're like if you like are comfortable with yourself and like you found your tribe, hey, man. and you like tech yeah, bro, it's like being into larping or something. It's yeah, just you, like you, yo, all right, do you? You found your fucking tribe, and like that's great. Get after it. Shout out all the juggalos out there. Yeah, I love that. Word. All right, I want to end it on that. That was a very positive note. All right, let's get out of here. I'm Max Messier Richter. I'm Dan Cotter. Yo, uh, what I said he would have a Knicks here. Now, OB Top and RJ Barrett with the fucking Dude, NBA Jam Knicks shirt. That would be go. a legit NBA Jam team. Top in and RJ Barrett. <laughs> Tip offs right now, right Knicks now. Nets. Oh yeah, we got to go watch the game. And uh, James Harden's not good anymore since they. Changed I traded him rule. off my fantasy team. Shout out, Maddie. Congrats. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah, bye, guys. Peace. Peace.